coming to you from the heart of the Northwest, where even Bigfoot is gay. You heard it here first. It's the Queer Centric with your host, Queerly Johnny. Hello, everyone. It is another, actually more exciting episode of the Queer Centric than we've had in a while. It's always fun when you come in on Tuesdays. This is an extra special show. You know that I had Zachary Zane on the author of the book, Voicelet. Uh, Kurt will put a little little thing down in the bottom. Uh, remember, you can go to our website and buy this book because we want to support Zachary for sure. And I thought, how fun would it be if I could find other people in this town who read it? And shockingly enough, I did just that. Now, this is going to be chaos, so get ready. Get ready for the, the ride. We have three amazing guests who aren't afraid to speak out. And we're going to talk about each of our experiences with this book of Voicelet and what it's like to be men in the queer spectrum and remember, in this, in, on our show, queer really is everyone. Uh, everybody's welcome in that spectrum, and it's a beautiful place to, to be without rules, and that's what I think about the queer community. We just get to be. And so we have welcomed three fantabulous, intelligent gentlemen to the spectrum. Uh, why don't we just start by telling the audience our names? Hi, I'm Andrew Mark Carlos. Hi, I'm Dave. If you're lonely, come to Dave underscore the band at Instagram, and I'm probably the straightest guy in this room, and with this crowd, that's not saying much. Exactly. <laughs> Self-promotion already, I uh, like it. Then yo soy Andrew Mark, all social. <laughs> uh, Ian Kelly, thanks for having me back again. No, and uh, I mean, I might as well, ian.xk on Instagram, please follow. Yes. I feel like, remember how, um, like, uh, Saturday Night Live have the, like, the... Tin Timers Club. Uh, right. We're just going to get you a jersey next time. I love that. I mean, that'll be fun. Well, listen, I've had many friends. Listen, no shade. Uh, but I've had many friends. I had a friend when I was younger who would introduce me to his new boyfriend. And first of all, I told him, don't tell me their name. They're not going to be around long. Right. So we'll just give them a jersey. <laughs> Which is fun. You go. You have it. But yeah, I just talked to him. I haven't seen him in 20 years. And he just sent me a... No, I was like, remember, remember what an asshole I was? Like, how many jerseys are we up to? <laughs> and then I'll be jealous. I will be so jealous. Um, so first I want to talk about, uh, there is an interesting quote at the beginning of this book that I kind of think sums up what we're going to be talking about today. Um, and Zachary Zane says, men, by and large, have been left out of the sex positivity movement. And so he wrote this book that is all about, he's uh, proudly, loudly bisexual, and also not afraid to share in the human experience of telling you that he enjoys everyone and he loves sex and he's a sex columnist for Men's Health Magazine. But that was an interesting phrase to start with and I think there's a point to be made there. So let's start with, I know when I first read this book, I read it in preparation uh, to talk to Zachary Zane. So glad I read the book. But it is, even for me, uh, there were shocking moments, and to go on the ride from when he's a child all the way through to where he is today, um, it's fascinating, but I learned more than I, I, I didn't realize I didn't know. Uh, so let's start with, with what, when did you first hear about the book? What made you want to read it? So I've been a fan of Zachary Zane since, let's say during the pandemic, I was doing a little Googling. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, I've Zachary Zane. <laughs> No, but actually, it was in the book where Zachary Zane said he Googled by man, and right. I've been actually on the same journey as him, because, um, well, I guess, like, you know, shortened version is I grew up in a religious household, you know, just, 
in the Hispanic culture, it's called machismo. It's like, yeah. you're the man, you know? But, like, everyone you know is different. Yeah. And I liked girls, but when I started liking the guys, they're like, what? Yeah. <laughs> you know? So. And did it confuse the fuck out of you? Because did. you didn't even know that was an option in your world. No, because I could be like, hey, dude, check her out. I was like, oh, yeah, she's hot. And she was like, oh, look at that guy next to her. I was like, what? It's like, <laughs> right. You guys you were that fine. Way? <laughs> Exactly, and it's funny because he's also talking about how in his childhood that people were saying that, you know, oh, we didn't know that it was homophobic to say, hey, that's not right. Right. Except, like, you know, when you started saying, oh, this label actually fits me. Yeah. And yeah. Zachary and I are about the same age, so a lot of the references were just like, oh, shoot, okay, that right. I'm not alone. Yeah. Even though, like, y'all can tell, I grew up in Texas and California, yes, so... Yeah. They say queers and fears, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Check me out. Send it to like, and both. And both. <laughs> no, but, like, it was the same experience. And yeah. I felt like, thank you for writing this, Zachary, because I felt like, you know, my experiences are valid. Right. That and it'll normal. give you permission to be you when exactly. you read someone else's story. Dave, you come from a whole different side of the world. Um, no, I'm from Spokane, how we have, <laughs> <laughs> Is this happening live? Uh, what was it like being... Because where I'm super gay, um, you are on the other side of the spectrum. You're in the queer... You identify in the queer world. What was it like reading a book like this uh, for you, from your point of view? I mean, so I did the audio version just because it's easier for me. Yeah. Um, that while way. I'm at work... And the best part is, like, there were a couple times. I'm just sitting Wait, there. Wait, out loud while you're No, there? no. I'm, <laughs> I'm just saying. And I'm just sitting there. Someone comes and over to talk to me, and he said something, and I'm just like, <laughs> <laughs> what? And my coworker's like, hey, you okay? I'm like, yeah, yeah, fine, fine, fine. <laughs> Nothing about penises and throats. We're good. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> fine. Um, honestly, it was eye-opening for me because it's like, what do we know I'm on my journey right now? And I'm trying to figure out all with, are my, with the divorce and figuring out right. who I am now. And I'm just like, I identify with this a little bit. And I wasn't aware I did. Yeah. <laughs> and and as I'm listening to it, I'm like, well, I'm not appalled by this. So, right. Hmm. What I love about Zachary being, I mean, we've talked on our show a lot of times about the evolution of how we treat bisexuals in the queer world. Because when I was in my 20s, Boy, it was not cool. Like the jokes about, you know, this... Twitch header or... Yeah, or if you're... Yeah, you're like, well, you're buying now gay later. Mm -hmm. You know, well, that was the thing. And I think, just to jump in, that yeah. was one of the interesting points of the book. So for me reading it, I could see a lot of correlations of my coming out journey in the you know late 90s, 2000s, very, like, similar. Right. But it's interesting how that conversation is different for bisexual people right. in the last, you know, 10 or so years. Yeah. And the the fact that men couldn't be bi, mm -hmm. you know, outwardly bi, yeah. and it was easy to not because you're attracted to women, so I have a yeah. relationship so with a woman, and I never really have to acknowledge that other piece. So growing up, when you did meet somebody who's like, I think I'm bisexual, nine times out of ten, they were going to come out as gay in the next 20 minutes. Yes, Because right. the bisexual men still didn't feel comfortable saying they were bi, but the gay men couldn't live that fake life, and so it was yeah. like that stepping stone to, like, ugh, people won't think I'm so different or so weird if I'm still yeah, a little bit right. straight. Exactly. And then they start living, yeah. you know, their life and realize, nah, okay, never mind. 
Right. So it's right. interesting how that conversation has changed and that there's a voice for people like that. Like you mentioned, the like he wants to be with you Google bisexual men that right. Zachary Zane pops up. And thank God, because that's good information and yeah. it's something that... I think what I worry about is the people that need to read that book aren't the ones that are going to pick it up and read it. Right. Mm -hmm. I worry sometimes because, uh, first of all, there's been this big push. We need to get this in more of these mm -hmm. uh, local bookstores. And yeah. finally, it is happening. But, you know, remember how hard it was when you bought your first porn magazine? And, you <laughs> and so you were so nervous. Even or you did walking three. into, like, a sex shop yeah. when you're oh. young and, like... And now you're like, when you're older, I mean, I don't know about everybody else, but now it's like you walk into one, well, you're like, oh, it's like you're going in 7-Eleven. It's like, all right, three musketeers, three-inch <laughs> yeah, exactly. dildo, we're good. Yep, exactly. Well, you mentioned growing up in the late 90s, early 2000s. For me, in the early 2000s, it was hard because, like, there was this magazine called XY. It's for, yes. I know if you guys remember that, but oh, it was yeah. for young guys who identify. Right. Yeah. And just walking down the street, like my teacher actually found it in my backpack. It was like, "What's this?" It's like there's there's yeah. shirtless guys in there. There's right. no dicks, no yeah, exactly. My parents found <laughs> X Y magazine in my bedroom. That was one of the first times yeah. my mom was like, "Uh oh." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. X Y magazines, and my my friend had worked at um, Premier Video at the time. Yeah. So I stole with his permission. Um, right. Hopefully, Premier Video isn't still a thing. <laughs> I borrowed um, the first season of Queer as Folk. Oh, yes. oh, yes! So that was how my parents oh. found out, is that my mom found XY Magazines and Season 1 of Queer as Folk on right. DVD in my room right. that I would put into my compact computer and watch right. by myself in the middle of the night, like, oh my god. And speaking of, of media and how we were exposed to things, I mean, one of the things you remember back in those days, especially on Queer as Folk, that... Bisexuals, we could see women bisexuals mm -hmm. on TV. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Seeing men as bisexuals, it didn't seem like it was allowed. Yeah. So you were just like, well, it's easier for us to imagine. Of course, it's, because I think straight men were in the writer's room. Yeah. It was mm -hmm. filled with heterosexual men, and they're like, well, I can definitely imagine yeah. two women together. To, again, Zachary Zane, there's a moment in the book where um, he mentioned something exactly along those lines, where yeah. like for men to be bisexual, it's like, that's not appropriate. His yeah. counselor or therapist even said, "Like said they didn't this exist. isn't a thing for men." Well, that's actually the same error. It is for it is for women, yeah. but it is yeah. not for men. Exactly. And actually lied and said there were no studies that it was. Yeah, uh, it was. And I'm like, well, but and I remember it happens all the time. That time period where it was like, well, women's sexuality is fluid, but men's are fixed. Yeah, and and that I was say, just like what you always heard. Yeah. Well, one of the points that Zachary makes in the book is he said it's it's not as easy for a bisexual person to be visible, mm -hmm. to have visibility. They have to stand on the rooftop and yeah. scream, I'm bisexual, mm -hmm. yeah. because unless they do that, we don't always know. And how fair yeah. is that? So he hates the term visibility. Yeah. He Audibility. understands the need. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. So one, to his point as well, yeah. if, you're, if you are bisexual... And in a relationship with a woman, you're in a straight relationship. Right, exactly. If you're in a relationship with a man, you're in a gay relationship. Then you're gay, yeah. So you're you like, get you might be bisexual, but whoever you're dating dictates what you're portraying to the world. Exactly. It's also kind of fucked up. Well, it's actually the whole thing. Is so there's a funny side note. So he was talking about that, and I just remembered. So I, <laughs> this is going to sound hilarious and stupid. But again, Love growing those. up in Texas. Yeah. So my sister and my brother-in-law raised me, and the person I was afraid to come out to was them. As bisexual, because I'm failing them by not dating a woman. Right. So, it's weird because, like, as a bisexual, it's hard that, like, you know, 
you're, you know, when you're with your gaze, it's just like, oh my gosh, until you're like, like I said earlier, it's just like, it's a rebirth with my home. Exactly. Homies. It's like, oh, she's hot. It's like, wait, what? Don't you think it's because we've had to learn? I think yes. every single one of us, wherever we're on the spectrum, you learn how to change the way you approach things, mm-hmm. depending on who you're with. Yeah. Certain people you feel more open with. Your friend at Premier Video, you know, yeah. and you, know, <laughs> you, could, yeah. you could do that. Uh, Dave, what's been your experience um, with that? Because well, you hang out with a lot of us, you know, yeah. super well, gay Growing guys. up, there was always that social stigmatism that, mm-hmm. oh, she's bi, that's hot. He's bi. No, he's gay. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. that's all you heard. And it's like, okay, well, why was it hot when a girl did it? Yeah. But when a guy did it, it was like, eh. So, like, thoughts never crossed my mind. Yeah. But then you start looking back and you're thinking about what you did with your homies and you're like, oh, we weren't just playing around with our penises. <laughs> oh, oh, but we were. That wasn't a game. We weren't playing around. That was exploration. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I did because the whole, we were like we can't talk about this. Yeah, yeah, I dated the quarterback during the summer, and he and we were best friends. But during the school year, mm. he wouldn't speak to me. Mm-hmm. But he was really good, so I just put up with it. I mean, that is almost a plot line from season one, Queer as Folk. I know it's like they stole it from. Yeah, I, I <laughs> you're really Justin. I know. I have to say, uh, they're like a lot hotter than what my teenage years. Were. I have. Still to this day, never been to a gay bar that looks like that at all. No, never. Even the best gay bars that I've ever been to. Even Avalon. Yeah, yeah. I always call it Equinox, but that's a a big gay gym in LA uh, (laughs) where not a lot of working out happens. Not that way. (laughs) So, with each of us in this in this room on this panel right now, how was your comfort? You know, we talked a little bit about uh, your comfort level. That coming out was still a little jarring. As it can be for many of us. But what was your comfort level with sex as you were growing up before you debuted? I would say I was a late bloomer. <laughs> yeah. But um, for me, it's weird because I'm more of an effeminate bisexual. Sex with guys is easier, but sex with girls, it's just like, for them it's exotic. <laughs> and I'm just like, okay, sure. Oh I'm still getting lucky. <laughs> I mean, true. But yeah. then do you feel like you're more objectified in that side I would say that, um, like he touches about this in the book too, like, they treat me as exotic. Like, you know, yeah. I'm actually like, you know, oh, poor me, I'm, I'm seen as a third. But well, no, like, I get free drinks and stuff like that at the club because, like, it's always the couples that right? approach me because, like, oh my god, you're bisexual, you fit both of us. Exactly. You're taboo. Yeah. Girls always want a performance. I, I think that's what it is. It's like, like guys are just like, you, me, let's go. Girls are like, honestly, what, what you got for me? As, as someone that likes both or all, technically, yeah. Um, we'll we'll touch that later. <laughs> like, I feel like when like you know hooking up with guys or making love, yeah, you know, yeah. it's easier with guys. Why it's just is like that you, me, me, now. With yeah. girls, yeah. like it's a whole entire performance. You know, it's this like There's more song, a dance. Then you might just only get a cookie. Well, and a lot of Dan Savage talks about this quite a bit. I love so, Dan Savage. Um, where for women there's still that piece of having to worry about their safety, about yeah. who they can trust, about you know going home with a man at the end of the night that could be dangerous for a woman. Where yeah. men don't necessarily, yes, it can still be dangerous, and yes, things happen. Yeah. But by and large, they don't happen with well, the frequency as they do with women. Right. Yeah. And so he, they're by default more hesitant. He even has a chapter in the book where he uh, one of the 
headlines is, is this how I die today? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because it's still a yes. thing. That like I'm going to go murderers yeah. and yeah. yes. Am I going to go meet? So yeah. I agree that it's way more dangerous, I would think, for women. But yeah, it is this. I mean, we're out there finding ourselves with a stranger. Yeah. You know what I mean? But because it's there's also no other like our perception on gender as a Western society. Because he does also talk about like that one woman that he hooked up with in college, right? Yeah. It's just like I'm not gonna slut shame her, and then it ends up horrible, and then he ends yeah. up slut shaming. Yeah. Yeah. But it's just like the title of the book is Boy Slut. Yeah. <laughs> so right. it's it's like we're we're rethinking this with sexuality and with us in the queer community. Yeah. I feel like we're in the pioneers because it's funny you mentioned queer spoke earlier. It's like Brian Kinney with a whole entire like oh you know there are people who will like you know like straight people will hate you to your like you know, yes. behind your back. Yeah, you know, so it's one of those things where we're still in that era where if you're more open about your sexuality, I truly believe this. Don't add me, <laughs> but I truly believe if you're more open with your sexuality, you're also more open with gender roles and right. like that. I agree. And don't you think now? Uh, I am older than everybody in this room, but what? at least I'm closer to Ian in this. Do you find that as you get older, the comfortableness, like when I when I first came out, preacher's kid, very shy. Yeah. I had way more sex 10 years after I came out because yeah. you learn to be more comfortable with your body, with yeah. sex, and now I'm having the best sex of and my what life. what you like, what you're okay with. Yeah. And there was, I think that period of time, I mean, we're very puritanical society mm-hmm. by oh, default, which is interesting because you're not supposed to talk about sex. You're definitely not supposed to be having it. Yes. But everything's about sex. Yeah. Movies, TV shows, music, it's everything. It's very is like, Victorian era. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, all of our entertainment is based around sex, because that's what sells, but yep. mm-hmm. don't talk about it and definitely don't have it. Yeah. Um, and so, growing up in that time period, you know, I had girlfriends in high yeah. school, because, you know, that's what you're supposed to do. And exactly. There were really no gay references in pop culture at the time. You know, I mean, there was Will and Grace, you know. Right, which is like a neutered version. Yeah, and Ellen, which is the same thing. (laughs) The Madonna and Britney kiss? Yes, Madonna and Britney kiss, but even that's like... black that came out of that, too. Yeah, yeah. that was, it was two women kissing, but was it a gay culture moment? No. Yeah, was it a gay dating moment? You know what I mean. And so, even when I had girlfriends, like, you know, you would do things. Yeah. But even that was like awkward, weird... And, like, I always had this, like, thought, like, you shouldn't be doing this. You shouldn't be doing right, this. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I also had to have the picture of the hot guy in the back of my head. Yes. Yeah, yes. Yeah. And no shade to the ladies. It just is not how I'm wired. Yep. So, you know. And you even after find a way. coming out and having boyfriends and, you know, dating people, it was still that sense of, like, being tame or yeah. not yeah. really knowing what you like either. So I yeah. agree, you know, ten years later, after you've had, you know, pros and cons of relationships and successes and fails and whatever you start to realize what you like what's okay and it's like most of this just is not a big fucking deal anyway thank you why are we making this thank you like why are we making the center point of this like this is a problem we can't talk about it we definitely shouldn't be doing it i do find this this dichotomy that we have in our culture about uh we make we over sexualize a lot of things and then we say oh don't don't punch directly in the face it's this really weird uh, agreement right. that we have to be, you know, uh, what's the word when we go against something that we say? We, we, what's the word? See, because I'm not a hypocrite. hypocrite. I can't be <laughs> something. I try not to be a hypocrite. It's very hypocritical of our society. Yeah. Well, and, it's also back to, like, in yeah. Boyce, when he was talking about his... Oh, 
See, even mentioning it right now, I'm giggling. <laughs> but like, his psychiatrist's balls when he was a kid. Yes. Remember? Oh, the grapefruits! Yes. The grapefruits! Yeah. And he couldn't stop. He yeah, and then the, he told the psychiatrist, and the psychiatrist was like, you're normal. This is normal. So even science is telling us this is normal, yeah. but still in society, it's hard for us to think about well, it. Well, yeah, sorry. I was going to say that same like cultural aspect where everything that you see in movies, like it's always women that are naked, women that yes. are sexualized. But in reality, you better not do that or you're a slut. Mm. Yeah. And yeah. who's going to date a slut? Like that's like society's... I mean, yeah, right? Yeah. All of us. Out here. But, but society's <laughs> mentality is like, we're going to make women... Yes. The objects of sex and everything that we yeah. listen to, watch, whatever. But if they are actually that way in real and life, and actually in culture, if we uh, the the crazy group that decides what ratings are for movies, uh, and if you get into that, let me tell you, it's a whole. We could have a whole yeah. conversation but if just you have on a that. Full frontal <laughs> woman, that's a rated R. Yes. If you have a full frontal man, you're looking at NC seventeen. Yes. So already there is this separation that we still need. Uh, the women need to look like cattle and like yeah. you know part of this is just natural. And the guys, such a you huge don't do change from seventies, eighties, even early nineties. Um, if you watch, especially eighties horror movies, there's full oh frontal God. male yeah. nudity in half of them. Th- that's and it's why just we like, watched them. Yes, <laughs> that's why we still continue to watch I, them. Yes. Well, you think you that know. we're progressing as a society, but yeah. somewhere along the way, the 90s, yeah. things shifted, yeah. and these super conservative Christians got into places of power, and, and that's things what we're looking at. There's, there's more than one chapter that Zachary Zane talks about shame. Mm-hmm. And so he talks about this religious, uh, just centuries, of what we have used uh, to shame people into, because that's how you control them. Yeah. So you, we both know from things that we've just said, you and I have that religious yes. background. I want to go to each other to talk. Now, Dave, in your upbringing, did you have a religious aspect, and how did it affect you when it came to your sexuality? My religious background is weird. Like all of us. Because <laughs> I went to Saturday Sunday school where... Saturday, Sunday school. Yeah, already it was the Spokane Christian Center here. <laughs> okay. Now. Yeah. Um, but they'd pick you up on a bus on Saturday. You'd ride on the school bus out to the church. They'd do this giant church thing with just kids. Yeah. And then you'd go home. And on the bus ride back, there was the best, they had a reward called the Quiet Seat Pride. The Quiet Seat So, right. like, I look back and I'm like, yeah. <laughs> but you take me to church and then you don't want me to talk about shit on the way home with yeah, no. yeah. like you're saying don't in. question about it but I was given the option to walk away from that my mom's yeah. like do you want to keep going and I'm like yeah no <laughs> did any part of it was there shame involved in, in your I'm not I trying to blame religion for everything I don't but listen you gotta so, take some responsibility <laughs> I know I spent a good portion of my years going yeah I don't remember any of it. See, that's good. Like, like, and I think it's just because, like, I didn't, I still don't believe in that path. Right. Personally, I'm more Norse pagan. Yeah. Which is where my beliefs lie, because it's like, there can't just be this one. And a little more freedom in sexuality. There really is. In that thought process. But, like I said, ladies, if you're free, save the band. (laughs) 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 I'm just thinking about Loki and the horse right now. (laughs) Hey, hey, there was more than a horse. Every one of the Norse monsters is Loki's child. Yeah. So like the that's why he's a bisexual. The original voice. The world serpent, the giant snake. 
That's his thing. Yeah. Look at Zeus. He was out there giving it to everybody. Oh, Zeus was fucking everybody, everybody but his wife. It, yeah, exactly. Did you have a piece um, of it's religion? It's similar. When I was young, and I mean, like, you know, I would say probably, like, I don't know, eight, ten. I would go to Sunday school, and it wasn't like I wouldn't go with my family. My mom worked Sundays. So it was like I would get dropped off at Sunday school, and right. then I would get picked up when it was over. Yeah. Um, but I don't remember it ever being the way churches are now. Mm. I like I don't remember ever hearing anything political at the church that I was dropped off right. at. It yeah. was like you got little pamphlets with like Bible stories and you know whatever in it. And um, that's how Kool Aid on the road. Pre Veggie Tales, okay. unfortunately, but that was a whole thing. But I don't like I don't have any recollection of it being shamey when I was there. Yeah. But it was definitely not for me. It was the same thing where my parents never forced me to go. Right. And it got to a point where it was like I don't want to do that, right. and they were like, okay, because they certainly weren't going. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like my I parents think, tried to say that we had. Sorry, mom. Uh, <laughs> tried to say that we had an option, but my mom is. And so you would choose not to, and she would make Catholic. Yeah, 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 they're a little, they're a little close. And so you would get so much guilt from it that then you're just gonna keep going. Yeah. Can I tell you when I stopped going to church at 30 years old, I still felt guilty. Yeah. I was like, my friend was like, "You're 30." I feel weird going into churches now for social defense. Yeah, yeah. right. Well, like, well, I don't belong like, here. When I say no guilt, I mean there wasn't anything around like sexuality or anything right. like that. But there's still like the fire and brimstone. You're oh, yeah. going to hell. If my, you don't the tattoo the I'm rules. getting one day is uh, brimstone and fire. Yes, right on my because that was my whole. Entire well, like upbringing. half of mine are just occult symbols anyway. Right. All seeing eye and snakes well, and. And here's the interesting thing. So for uh, people in the queer world, it's not just about slamming religion. That's not what's not my point in those conversations. It's that it's become so pervasive. The idea that sex is not, uh, it's all kind of bad and naughty. Religion helped to perpetuate that. And then it's become such a part of culture. Like you said, the controlling aspect of it. power. That well, are trying to control it's, our it's bodies right itself now. so much yeah. that to untangle it's going to be years. And whatever exactly. the religion is, I mean, I love whatever religion you want to believe in. Love that for you. I don't care what it is. Thank you. It's none of my business. But when it starts interfering with other people's lives, and when yeah. it starts interfering with creating policy, well, now you've made it right. my business. Mm-hmm. So now I have to care about it. Yeah, exactly. And that's where I am too. And but I feel like. We can't get away from the shame, whether it's that we grew up in the church mm-hmm. and that was hard. There are wonderful congregations out there, just to make sure, that uh, we call reconciled congregations that celebrate mm-hmm. all of the spectrum. And I love them, and I think that's great. But I think you make a good point, and we have to get to a point, though, in society where we empower ourselves enough to go to say to someone, I celebrate you in this belief for you. Mm-hmm. I, me not believing it, celebrate me and just accept me as well. Yeah. Because it's so pervasive that I think even if kids are growing up without the, you know, the shame in the religion, there's still shame with sex mm-hmm. in the world around us. Yeah. It's like the Puritans came over mm-hmm. to, to come to America and yeah. then they brought all that puritanical bullshit with them. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think that's what it is because, like, I'm... I'm still a practicing Catholic, but I'm, yeah. I consider myself a colonized Catholic because, yeah. like, I'm Hispanic Filipino, yeah, <laughs> so right. it's like it's my culture too. <laughs> but the thing is, um, I was once a youth minister, and I yeah. had queer kids walk up to me because I'm kind of obvious, and they'd no. be like, "Am I going to hell?" 
Oh, right. Right? And I'm just like, okay, did you do anything wrong? And it's, it kind of reminds me of his mom in the book because they grew up in a yeah. traditional Jewish. Yeah. Like, you know, I feel like it's more of a Jewish. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but, yeah. But, but they still, like, you know, celebrated that yeah. in their family. And, like, you can tell from his language, a lot of Yiddish in there. Yeah. So my upbringing was more of that because we were colonized. Because yeah. it's more like, you know, there's a little bit of mix in there. Did you have some of the opposite then? Because I did notice this for a while when I was still with the church, but I was openly gay. Mm -hmm. uh, that there was that, now I've got to fight fellow gays saying, no, I have a right to have this religion. Oh, yeah. So, um, I would... I was, so what's funny is um, he mentioned being a water polo as a gay sport. So yes, I was the yeah. only one that was out in 2004. I mean, you were playing water sports. <laughs> Don't see that to me. I was in swimming. I was in water polo, and I was just like, "Am I the only queer one here?" Because I feel like. <laughs> <laughs> but again, this was early polo. 2000s, so that's when people were like, "There's no such thing as bi." I'm just like, "Ah, funny." Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, there is. That's so confusing too. You know who you are, and someone's telling you no. And you're like, wait. <laughs> when I came out, it's so funny. My um, so my brother-in-law's brother is gay. Mm -hmm. And do I know if he actually said this? I don't. But when my mom started talking to me, she said, well, she had spoken to, you know, probably my sister or whatever. Right. Like, well, Chris doesn't think that you're actually gay. <laughs> and you oh, are gay. And it's like, first of all, I barely know this person. Exactly. <laughs> And how the fuck would he know? <laughs> but I feel like that's how it is in the gay community sometimes, because yes. like, back to your question, yeah. I feel like a lot of the churches, like the UCMs, like, don't at me again, but you know you are. <laughs> but UCCs, UCMs, yeah. a lot of them are just like, why do you go to the Baptist church? Why do you go to the Catholic right. church? Right, it's still like... You should be in the gay church. Yes. But for me, I'm just like, okay, this is my religion. Yeah. And it's just like, we're actually at a point in the church where... They're debating whether to bless same-sex unions. It's just like that always makes me so sad. Yeah. I know it's just like we're, we're slowly getting our baby steps. Yeah. But yeah. for me, it's like it's my conviction, and like yeah. you said, it's like as long as I'm not like beating someone over the head with a Bible, it's not yeah. my business. It's not their business. Have it, has anybody in this room seen the movie Saved with Mandy Moore? Oh, oh, that's what I feel. Yes. Like. <laughs> Sorry, go see it. Yeah, it's absolutely amazing. It's when Mandy was still a young pop star, but such a great, and she throws Bible. <laughs> She uh, is my least favorite famous person I've ever met. Oh, you really? Mean, if Mandy Moore ever sees this, um, this I'll break it down now. Like, yeah, okay. let's. You know, we, we can we can meet up and try it again. The rudest person I've ever met. Rudest famous so person I've ever met. Oh. And she was performing what at the Knitting see? Factory, which You're, is so hilarious. Oh, that is oh, this like it's like sets the time frame. Candy. So like, which you know, like late two thousand. Yeah. So she was uh. performing at the Knitting Factory, and it was one of those like you know. Stand in line, meet and greet, get your right. plot signed or whatever. She could not care less to be there, did not want to talk to anybody. My boyfriend at the time, obsessed. I mean, yeah. he was fangirling, and she just gave no shits. And yeah. Like, and half of your job is just to make people like you. Exactly. When you're a famous person, half of the job is and I just it's, it's, making it's people exactly, be like, yeah. I like them. I have to say, I have met many people that I've interviewed over the years many times, but in person. <laughs> not so nice. Yeah. I won't mention her name. I will tell you it's a her. Uh, <laughs> and your name dropping. <laughs> <laughs> but but let's get to the next part. Is so there comes a time when first of all, I wish culture allowed us to own ourselves more mm -hmm. because then it doesn't matter if you want to go to the straight church because they're not considered gay or whatever. It doesn't matter if this is what you want. Sadly, that's going to be way. Leave me with my bells and incense, girl. Yeah, right. <laughs> But let's talk about that moment 
we finally are like, this is just me, and maybe we live it in shame for a while, but let's talk about hookup culture. Mm. Which is, I don't think it's just a gay thing, it's just that gays have specialized. It's definitely not. And again, like, I mean, just straight friends that I have, they're doing the same things. Yes, thank you. But it's looked at differently, for sure. Well, I do think we have streamlined it a little better. We do better. You know, I will say this for my lovely lady friends. They are much better at uh, making us be a little more civil. Men. Yeah. And so, but when we're just left to the men, we're like, let's get Wham, bam. Yeah. You got 10 minutes? Me too. So, (laughs) as you were coming up, as you were coming up, Dave, what is hookup culture like when you're kind of out here and you're not, you know, on your journey as you are now? So, before, I didn't even know what the fuck was going on. My wife, who we're not divorced, we'll right. finalize this. It's so confusing. Right. We can say um, ex-wife. Yeah. So the ex-wife and I met while I was helping bar back at a gay bar because I was trying to get out and try I to build. I bear back at a gay bar. Don't <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. No, no, I was behind the bar. Um, yes. Only bareback on day pending and I haven't tried that yet. Oh, I'll oh. tell you. Bareback while you bar back. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. I mean, this is There's the OSHA skills. regulations and then the Department of Health gets involved. And damn COVID. There's some uh, licensing uh, problems. Somebody's Just like, there's a hair in my so, drink. So I, I was my uh, salad. Now, A, I was probably in the wrong place for hooking up because I was hooking up at Herbs. Oh, yeah, if Urbs. you were looking for a woman, it probably yeah. was the wrong Yeah, what did realize Earth was a gay bar until about six months into going down there. Are you, the Go-Go Boys didn't give that away? No! I was still on Monday and Tuesday. The six-foot-four drag queens in heels. No, because Monday and Tuesday were Disney and show tunes karaoke nights. So you didn't really get a lot of them. And then the one time I did hook up... I didn't find out it was a dry clean until the next morning. Oh! Like, that explains why your mouth works so well. Good, well. good for her. I mean, I in know. character. Like, that's a Like, sales <laughs> tucking I know. at uh, college level. Yeah. Get that bitch on we, drag we, race. We, we've got this, <laughs> we've got this now. Probably the best blowjob I've ever had. Ooh. I mean, leave it to... Leave it to a drag queen yeah, to give yeah. me the best hat I've ever yeah. got. They know what they're working with. They know what the feels. You know your equipment. Yeah, they know the equipment. So... But then I met my wife down there, yeah. my ex-wife, and we just ended up together. Yeah. Like, things just clicked, and we stayed together. Yeah. So, like, hooking up never really happened for me. Right. Um, now... Which is fine. Listen, I do want to give this disclaimer. Well, too, I forgot to give the one at the beginning. Parental uh, advisory is the plane. We'll, we'll, we'll put that first. But that the following program cool. may be appropriate for some That's people. what's fun about this book is, like, you're going to get all the honesty you can ask. If you heard us talking about boy sluts and said, ah, my kid can watch this, right. well, that's on you. Yeah. Jimmy, come here. <laughs> but now, what's so crazy What's going on when he's talking about this? Like... I'm in the community. I'm working with the community. Yeah. You know, to humble brag a little bit, I'm helping run Pride yeah. here and helping getting all the events yeah. going. We were exhausted. Um, so. You were amazing. There's so many guys that I can just. Done. Yeah. But like, then I meet girls and I'm like, where yeah. is that? And they're like, yeah. I'm like, because I. I'm so it is a one. different list of, and I think. She uh, sent me a picture and I'm like, well, that's not your boobs. And she's like, yeah, I know. Now, if I send a picture, if a guy sent me a picture, I was like, that's of not your boobs? And I'm like, that's not your dick. <laughs> I, I would immediately right. have like four, five, six photos 
different angles, yeah. different lighting, um, <laughs> right, right. guys are a lot more into hookup culture than women, I'm thinking. I think it's a different, because we are go out there and be like, who wants it? Yeah. And there's 20 or 40 guys. Well, and like we were saying earlier, a girl who is more forward with her sexuality is labeled right away. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Men, now gay men, we have our own already straight men are like, you're a bunch of hoes and everything, but there's a weird, like, they're fascinating. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, but here's Speaking. the thing, and he brings it up in the book as well. He thinks that uh, the anonymity and virtual distance of things like Grinder facilitate cruelty and enable all of the social isms and phobias mm-hmm. to have more freedom. And here's the thing, like, I'm not giving up the apps because, you know. Can we have a grinder for straight people that's not tender, like, really a that app that is their I hit the button, yeah. we fucking, not I hit the button, I have to fight 50 that's other dudes. It, no. None <laughs> of these hinge. dating apps are real. I end up with a, talking to a drug dealer on these dating apps, and I'm just like, nope, I'm out. Well, and well, let's talk about what That's going to be on all of them. I know, yeah, that's yeah, why I backed it up. So it is more accessible, it seems. The apps are, are very much more yeah. geared towards the, the gay man or the bisexual man who wants to be with a man at that that time. Do we think that because there's a lot of an- anonymity involved, it's like the whole trolls online, you're hiding oh, behind your screen. Does it facilitate the no, fast, no, pimps, no, Asians, that horribleness that happens Well, I think anonymity on the internet, just in general, I mean, look at, open Reddit and find any comment feed, and that anonymity just makes people nasty. Not all people, but people that are more inclined to be that way, you know, having no face pictures, no repercussions. They will. And I think, I mean, I would assume that all of us have probably had somebody say something just ridiculously nasty. Right. Mm Mm-hmm. In so anonymity much. on those yeah. apps. Like, yeah. where you're like, you wouldn't say that to another human yeah. in real life ever. No. Yes, exactly. Or the cruelty, and you're like, do you th- what, you think I have no self-respect that I'm just going to let you? And they act like we're just going to take it. So some of them fault because they, they want that kind of vibe. Mm-hmm. and um, But some of them just downright want to destroy you. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and every single time I'm like, well, I don't have a conversation with you. Uh, I will block you, and then I'm moving on. Oh, yeah. But that's that empowerment that I don't think we teach culturally mm-hmm. so that all aspects of our lives, we can just own who we are. Yeah. And we can own the fact that we're constantly on a, a spectrum of the journey. The journey mm-hmm. doesn't end until you're dead. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? So, so we, need to give ourselves a, we need to give ourselves permission to continue to grow, but... Some would say the apps are not facilitating that. Do you find apps helpful or harmful? We'll start with. Um, I mean, I think I think they are what they are. You know, they serve yeah. their purpose. Um, and I, again, like the older you get, the more you kind of give less fucks about yeah. a lot of these things. And so I can totally relate to being, you know, if you're a 19 year old and somebody says something that is just cruel to you on right. an app, you're going to take that to heart and be right. taken down from it. Yeah. But, you know, at 40, like, you can say whatever you want. And I'm just going to block you and move on. I, thank I you. I don't give a shit. Because, listen, I got no time and I'm tired. And, it's, yeah. and, again, it's, you know, when you're younger, you're probably still coming out and figuring out who you are and what you like and how to navigate. Right. So it's more complex. Right. But teaching people, like, the apps are what they are. People are going to be dicks, whether they're on the apps or wherever. People true, are going to be dicks. True. And so teaching how to give less fucks in general mm-hmm. about not only that sex in general relationships like you just need to like calm it down a little bit yeah things are gonna be yeah. fine 
Yeah. And yeah, don't, you know, what is that old phrase? Don't take life too seriously. None mm-hmm. of us get out of life. Yeah. You know what I mean? And we do need to find that. Yeah. What was that for? See, it's getting put on Well, there was a big <laughs> section in his book about how he thinks the two biggest impacts of the gay community were prep and grinder. Mm. Yes. And, I mean, absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. And well, even for all of its downfalls, if you are somewhere not in a big city, where else are you finding other gay Exactly. And let's give, I mean, give credit where credit's due. Apps like Grindr and those that came before everything uh, gave uh, a world of a bazillion other apps now. Like, you get can yeah. get very specific. Oh, yeah. So everybody can find what they're needing. And they're all better than Craigslist. Oh, my God. <laughs> but are they? You could get killed or have sex, and it was very easy either way. And you get a free lunch. <laughs> and free lunch. Yeah, get yourself a new TV while you're at it. Right. <laughs> Isn't it interesting that, uh, you know, Congress took that down, and I'm yeah. like, oh, shit, I'm old. That's where it all began for me. It's like yeah. nostalgia. But it was very dangerous. Very dangerous. So, with you, what do you feel when you look at the apps that are out there that are available, what do you feel about them? Good, bad? Well, let's say that um, I didn't go to the Craigslist era, more of the MySpace. <laughs> that shut down, I had to move on right. to the other MySpace. <laughs> I did love MySpace. Oh my gosh, all I'm saying is some top no. boyfriends I got from MySpace. I'm just like, well, and let's we talk need to about bring that back. The original <laughs> high, like, such visibility for the first bisexual yes. any of us ever, ever knew was Tom. Yes. You know what I mean? He was... I remember the first time, I'm like, this guy is like, telling everybody he's bi? That's amazing. Yeah, but yes. And it was the first real person. Also for me, it was like Anna Paquin from True yes. Blood. I love True Blood. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Because True Blood, like, actually, what's funny is I'm psyched <laughs> like, a little bit. Yeah. Um, I love the vampire culture because it's sort of an, it's sort of swayed them for bisexuality. It is. Because so. it is very sensual and it's a very... It's sensual and it's just, you live long enough, like, you know... Okay, now I have to ask the psych up and then we'll get back to the track. <laughs> Uh, Buffy, did you watch it? Buffy, see, that's another thing. That's the only like reason. Spike, hello. I'm just, there you, go. <laughs> you can stay there. I was obsessed with Buffy. So. But yeah, for the apps, I think that um, I'll go there. As a queer person of color, it's hard. Like, a lot of my hookups are from in person, and yeah. um, it's mostly straight buddies. And I'll tell you, some of them turned out to be straight because, like, bro, your head game, you're straight. Yeah. <laughs> well, but, no. like, but um, they're, they're only barely there. That's why I could say, like, I'm hooked up with straight guys, because it's yeah. just like, okay, that, yeah, that's, buddy. You're that straight. is obvious. They're straight, or they've never done it before. But, like, well, that comes... speaks directly to what he was saying, that yeah. he thinks uh, things like uh, Grindr kind of perpetuate this idea that we have a right to be, to be, because I'm assuming, and you can tell me if I'm wrong, uh, that you're, you're alluding a little to that uh, because you're a queer man of color, mm-hmm. some of that, like, Bigotry plays into it. Is that what we're saying? Yeah, because, like, full disclosure, I'm Filipino, Spanish, and Chinese, which means right. I'm part white, right? right. <laughs> so I'm light skinned. So I could only dream of what a lot of my dark skinned brothers and sisters and siblings right. yeah. can feel because a lot of people are just like, oh, wait, you're Asian. <laughs> it's just like, right. well, <laughs> you know, it was a line that day. Yeah, yeah. But I feel like a lot of it, those isms do go in there because, yeah. like, you know, body types, um, age, um, abilities. Like, don't get me wrong, we do have our preferences. We do have right. what we are into. Right. I do too. But I feel like it's taken out that finesse. And he sort of touches on that where we do have, as gays, a hookup culture. Oh, that, you know, there's some sort of etiquette in there. Don't be an asshole. 
Yes, and there should be. Don't be a dick. That's the, you know, that yeah. should be the way it is. But this is something we don't talk about. I find it fascinating that you say, I'm going to go there. I hope you do go there. And I oh, hope yeah. you go there in any environment that allows you to because we can't change this disgusting part of, mm-hmm. of who we are in a culture unless we do that, which is why I love that he is not afraid of anything. And speaking of, here's a segue, of things that he is not afraid of. The other thing that we've come to at in you know 2023, uh, we are more we are getting more comfortable with our sexuality. Mm-hmm. We're getting more comfortable with what like turns us on. The specificity of apps even allows for that. Uh, you can go to I don't know how many. There are so many apps now for anything that you're into. We yeah, real Grindr, let's give Scruff some love. Oh, <laughs> okay. Growler and Scruff for the bears. That's a big thing. Sniffies is like huge right now. Uh, they're having a moment. Yeah, they're having like a we moment. we talked about before, they're selling yeah. underwear. Well, it depends I mean, on what like, city you're in, though. Oh, like, <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, I'm out of the loop here. What the fuck is a Sniffy? Sniffy oh. is a really, really... You think you can hook up... Welcome to our TED Talk. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> so it's not an app. It's only it's a online. Website. So you have to go yeah. to the website. Okay. Yeah. So they're, they don't have to follow any app store rules. So exactly. it is. So basically, everything that Grindr <laughs> wished it could be, yeah. Sniffies has become. And I am Profile surprised. pictures are literally just dicks. Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly right. right. And you cut through it and they're like, listen, I'm going to be in my car. I'm going to The fuck is wrong with you straight people? Get on this. <laughs> but actually, so I will say again, as, as, like a, as, as a bisexual, yeah. I feel like straight people had the chance because like, you know. And they fucked it up. <laughs> I, I will say like, you know. As a certified fuckboy, sorry, mom and dad. <laughs> As a certi- I also love that you're certified. <laughs> well, I am a certified because like, I was the regulation I was, board. I was, I was reading the book. Where's the class? Because I want to go take it. Yeah. That's what I want to. It's when you're reading Zachary Zane's voice slot available on your favorite real cha- retailers. Please go to Amazon. Go to our website. Even on Audible. Narrated I, by I read, the man I read it. I read it on the subway in, or our version of the subway. Right. Right. <laughs> on my iPhone. <laughs> Sometimes this way. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, at least there were pictures, diagrams. But I will say when he's like, I've been with thousands. I'm just like, wait, we're counting? I, like, wait a minute. That's an option. So we talked about this before we officially went into the show, the body count and all of that. But what is fascinating about even being able to have thousands on your list of how many people that you... I don't count because I don't want to... I don't want to make my uh, former Christian little heart super <laughs> pop up out of nowhere and make me feel guilty. But I will say, um, I want to get to this idea of kinks. He, so Zachary, if when you talk to him or if you read the book, he, you would think he was not shy of anything. Mm-hmm. And yet, there is a moment of vulnerability where he is asked to go to a, a panel and speak, speak about his kink, oh, which God, he yeah. knows isn't for everyone. Mm-hmm. And I love that every person I talk to, listen, if it gets you, and you're with someone who loves it too, you guys have a good old time. Uh, but I have never felt more like a nun. Really? <laughs> <laughs> like, he talks yes. about, there is a kink that I didn't know existed. I think I, like, Which maybe one? heard about it at one time. I didn't it's know it was a kink the... until I read about Anything. it. Like, I knew I dealt yeah. with it, but I didn't know it was a wow. kink. People are into it. Well, it's that idea of, like, anything you can think of, anything, yeah, can somebody someone. out there is probably So he openly I mean, talks about finding throwing up because you're really going to town, and throwing up on someone turns him on, whether he does it to someone or whether someone does it to him. 
Um, definitely not my kink, but what I loved about him being so open and finding this ability to say something that not everybody in that audience was for, but they were all celebrating each other. It, I love this idea that are we at a point where in society we are we at that point of our sexuality? Because that's a great thing that we can say, oh, I got some things. Mm -hmm. You know yeah. what I mean? Well, and he mentioned this in the book as well, that, you know, whatever you're into, there's going to be somebody out there. Yes. So don't be yeah. afraid to say it. Because more people are probably into it than you think. Exactly, yeah. And I think that's, you know, true of gay, straight, or anything in between. Yeah. And it's safer if you can be more open about something. Doing some things in the dark in secrecy is where the danger is. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. uh, so it's if you can be open and find it. I mean, Lucky Man, well, he travels the world, but he's in New York. You're probably going to be have more access. There's a few options. Yeah. yeah. There's not a sense of New York in Spokane. I, <laughs> what did you guys think? What was your reaction when that chapter comes? Because I feel like it came without warning. And all of a sudden we're in that. And I love that because it kind of, you know, yeah. jars you awake and you... You have to honestly have those conversations with yourself. Yeah. What was it like discovering that chapter? Anybody can go. Oh. <laughs> well, I will say, I mean, it does not surprise me. I mean, and nothing surprises me. Right. And again, uh -huh. a 20-year-old Ian would have been like, <laughs> But now, like, you know, you've seen some things. You know people are into what people are into. Yeah. I am for sure. A thousand percent not into that. But right. like we talked about earlier, I love that for him. I do. And I'm glad he finds people that are also yeah, into it. Find a community where that works for him. Yes. And also, you know, for all of us who feel like we have something in there, maybe maybe it is that extreme, maybe it isn't that extreme. But you're like, oh, maybe there's some, you know, maybe I'll find something mm -hmm. that's close to me. And I, and I like that. Did it shock you? No. Well, then again, again, I grew up. I in, love. He's just a, so that's the thing. Like I. I grew up in the church, but I also yeah. grew up in Texas and L.A. So yeah. I went to WeHo Pride. I went to Long oh. Beach Pride. Okay, so it was like... Just go once, uh, and that's all you need. Okay. Go to the Castro once. Wait, that, that's a... Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. This is not too bad of a segue, but did we all see the outrage about Folsom this year? There was an outrage about Folsom. Always shocked that it happened. All of the younger uh, Gen Zers on Twitter were outraged about Folsom this year. Are you... Why? Why? Uh, because of what happens. In, and it wasn't anything that doesn't happen every year at Folsom. Every year. And of course, people are posting videos Orleans, on Twitter or whatever. Or but it's because I will say, okay, Gen Z, we struggled <laughs> to get you here. Yeah. Don't cancel us. Exactly. Well, and that's been, that's been yeah. the, the consensus yeah. of everybody that's commented because yeah. they're saying people are doing these sometimes extreme things in view right. of other people. Right. But people are knowing what they're getting into. This yeah. isn't like thrust upon them against their will. This isn't like Surprise. you're walking out to the Lego line yeah. outside. It's, a, it. it's a private exactly. street in Folsom. It's been happening yeah. for four years. I will tell you, as, again, grew, growing up in like, it was like the hood, okay? Yeah. I grew up in like Van Nuys, Pet oh. Mouth, like, you know, it was the hood. Yeah. Yeah. So going from there to Pride was like a truck. Yeah. It was like, you take the subway, you take the bus, and there's like right. a little bit of a walk. Yeah. Yeah. So people were like, that's in front of children. It's like, honey, why are you walking your children all the way yeah. down there? It's, yeah. it's it's like, you don't have to go. Yeah. And I think that's the interesting thing. You know, we've been, thanks to the, the new Speaker of the House, mm -hmm. uh, the name that I will not name, he brings up, you know, he the most recent thing, he has a lot of history of hating us, um, is that Rome fell, I don't know if you know it, because us gay men were out there 
you know, fucking around. Oh, sure, check. And out. I'm yeah. like, yeah, maybe look through history and say, that wasn't the only thing going on. Yeah. Uh, Caligula was a thing, but you know what I mean? So it's already we're here again, and I think we try, I would like to say, I bet those voices, those Gen Zers who don't mean to, like, take down a culture, I don't think. Right. Uh, but we're amplifying that because that serves an agenda. Mm -hmm. Yes. That is not, because let's look at Mardi Gras, which I always tell straight people, like, why do you need gay pride? And it's it's, it's Mardi out. Gras for... Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> so why do you need Mardi Gras? But decadence happens very so shortly decadence. after mm -hmm. that, mm -hmm. which is amazing. And it's the same type of thing. It's... When, what makes us think we can close our eyes and sex disappear? Yes. But that's also... How did you to, Well, let's think back to, like, we were talking about Queer as Folk. I feel like they need to bring that back. The original series. I'm Thank sorry. You. The original let's series. Not, that's like, not, like, it down for NBC. Yeah, because, yeah. like, the original series, Brian Kinney talks about, like, you know, this is how gay culture is. Mm -hmm. yeah. We are not going to heterize this place. It's just like, you know, you want that wife to fence with, yeah. with, your, with your husband, you know, all those kids... Volkswagen, right. all that stuff, they're still going to call you faggot. Yeah, and to yeah. your point, so the Gen Z issue again, I remember watching through Queer as Folk for the first time as a young oh. gay man, Yeah. and Brian Kinney was the one where you're like, God, he's such a dick. Like, he was the yeah. one that like I did not identify with at right. all. Right, they made him an asshole. But, but now, because I just watched the whole series not that long ago, and now you're like, Brian Kinney is fucking right about Thank you. every goddamn yes. thing. He yes. is right always. Yeah. Brian Kinney is always right. And you're towards the anti-heroes, so we can see that. Yeah. That? I geared towards the anti-heroes, sure. so my yeah, right? my hero growing up was Brian yeah. Kinney. Yeah. So that's why this book like really resonated with me. Yeah. Because a lot of the stuff that he's not afraid of talking about, I feel like that's queer culture. It's like you need yes. to own it. It's our culture. Yeah. Like you don't what is edit yourself. Amazing about this book right here is that there's no there's no apology. Yeah, which is what I think what we loved about Brian Kinney. Yeah, it's this is who we are. I don't have to tell you whether it's right or it's wrong. It's my life. Yeah. It's that empowerment thing I was talking about earlier. I love that more of us can be unapologetic and say there is no reason why this guy down the street should not show me respect and me respect him yeah. just because I what I do in my bedroom or my backyard or wherever yeah. I choose to do it. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? When I think the fulsome outrage, I think the mentality is. Why over-sexualize the community because that's why the conservative Christians hate us? So if yeah. we can just tone that down, maybe they won't hate us. Yeah. Well, guess what? They still will. They're still going to pass or not. try to pass those laws whether you and are we be honest, sexual or not. To speak to that, let's be honest, it's less about what we're doing mm -hmm. as humans and more about we just want to control you. Yes. So to control you, this is a hot-button issue we can use. I think it has what because you know they're getting freaky yeah. on their own. Well, we know house that got thank you charged on. We know it's that. not about sex. They it's don't not about care. sexuality. It's that not about gay or straight. Politicized so they can. Yeah. They know they can get votes on certain issues. Yeah. What's the easiest way? Mm -hmm. Listen, I probably could have this conversation. Well, I could, and I have it every day. <laughs> but I can have this conversation for hours. First of all, I love that I was able to find. This is what I discovered. I all of my friends are as busy as I am. I'm like. <laughs> I need to, and so it's very hard to get people together. Um, but I love that you guys chose to be come on the show. So thank you, huge of thank you, for of course, us. of course. And remember, we love voice love. We love Zachary Zane. We encourage everybody to get out there and buy it um, and have these conversations. We need more of them happening. I've had these conversations in coffee shops. 
that can be interesting. Um, <laughs> but just do what you have to do to get out there and just own who you are. And if someone else is owning who they are and you don't understand it, you don't have to. None of us have to. We just have to love and accept each other. So remember, you can find The Queer Center every Tuesday at thequeercentric.com. Follow us on all the socials. We have merch. So uh, go to the store, buy your merch. This is, you know, me and coffee. Um, we have a Queerdo cup. We have this. We have a cup that I should have gotten for all of us today that says Sexually Magnificent. Uh, in honor of our sex therapist that comes on the show every two months. But remember, find us there. Celebrate each other. And just own who you are. So until next time, everybody. Bye. One, two, three.